This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com This is a most unexpected treat. I was all ready for a, an evening off, and then into my WhatsApp messages, I see a presser come in, and I've got to be honest, my reaction was of joy. It's good to have you on, sir. It's good to be on. I wasn't totally certain uh, this would happen either, because I didn't know I'd be able to go to the press conference today. But yeah, it's good to uh, prep for the massive Warsaw clash. <laughs> well, it's an interesting one, isn't it, given the way Saturday played out and a lot of the essential questions were covered in this presser with your fine self, plus Johnny Leefield of the Swindon Advertiser and, of course, Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Swindon. Before we get going on the presser, let's have the final word from the performance on Saturday. What were your feelings? Because I just, reading and listening around, I just don't think enough has been said of that first half and I sort of understand why because we turned it around so much in the second so it kind of you know it kind of trumps what happened in the first but it was such an odd game wasn't it yeah it definitely felt like a nil-nil win when everything was said and done but that first half was absolutely diabolical you know I other I can only really remember a Ben Gladwin shot being the only real chance we had and that was from distance so like that performance was really poor and it was looking increasingly bad when McCurdy got sent off. But, you know, they saved themselves. The second half was really good. Mm. Uh, you know, Romeo Hutton and um, Jacob Wakeling really impressed me. And of course, after everything I said last week, 
thanks to Sol Brin because he was brilliant. <laughs> well, isn't that's that's football analysis, isn't it? You know, especially if you do it on a weekly basis, you, they're not all going to be winners. No, but uh, it's good to start off on a on one where I can take a bit of a victory lap and have it in the bank for the next thing I say. That's a bit ridiculous. Oh, please do. And um, prediction wise, I got I got it this week because I got the draw. So. Uh, one one. I'm I'm already happy with that. You can win every single one now. I'm I've I've got a point on the board, much like Swindon, and I'm elated. Yeah, you got that um that early draw that you were looking for with your two predictions. So uh, I can, uh, we'll, I can we'll, move we'll take on. that then. And there will be no draws this time round because there has to be a winner. So let's let's get stuck into this presser because of the nature of the last game. Of course, there's going to be a lot of questions. So let's start with the general. Harry McCurdy chats um, and and the first real question about this because he does miss the Walsall game is how Scott Lindsay will adapt without him. Yeah, he was he was sort of asked about where the goals were going to come from without McCurdy because he has, I think, in many ways, been fortunately suspended from the cup rather than missing him for the league game. Although, as someone pointed out on Twitter, he now does have to travel to Carlisle, <laughs> which he might have wanted to avoid. But um, you know, he was talk about. You know where we might get those goals from, and he seems. Uh, Scott Lindsay felt fairly well um, stocked with people who can chip in with goals: Ben Gladwin, Saidu Khan, Jacob Wakeling, and um, Tyrus Adeloy and Johnny Williams all got a mention there um, in terms of players who you know were capable of scoring goals. And, and he- that's the key, isn't it? Capable versus history at the moment, because a lot of those players don't have senior goals. Yeah, I think. I think Wakeling's goal record in youth football is pretty strong when I looked when he signed at uh, his record at Leicester and West Brom, but he never actually scored in his four games at Barrow. And, you know, Adeloye scored north of the border. Saidu Khan scored in non-league, but none of those guys have scored too many goals in the football league. So, yeah, it is very much theory at the moment, but arguably all of our goals are theory because we are yet to put one in the back of the net. That's right. I, I think Baudry's goal record is one of our strongest in terms of senior career goals. I think he's got about 18, and I think that's well up there. It's not far off Gladwin, um, which is, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's it's nothing to worry about. A lot of these players are relatively inexperienced in comparison to some of our defensive players, but it'll be good once the ball gets... I was going to say it gets rolling, but rolling into the back of the net, please. Yeah, I think with some of these younger guys, you look, Wakeling had a, a chance or two in that second half. I think you look at those two strikers, him and Adeloy, they they could easily get, get cracking once they get one under their belt. And it is very much one of those you think, you know, if something just goes in for us in a cheap way tomorrow, then that's going to help someone and the whole team out quite a lot. So it's just getting that goal as, as quickly as possible, really, because two games without one is is a touch concerning. Yeah, we created enough in the second half for me to feel more than comfortable that when they do come, they're going to come plentiful. And I think this is what was discussed in this game, really. Just getting the uh, getting that first goal is going to be very important to our season. But let's stick with the McCurdy chat because there were a few questions on it, obviously. And there was a question there about whether Harry and Scott Lindsay have discussed what happened like a naughty teenager on a school residential trip. Yeah, it's uh, our McCurdy chat about uh, Scott Lindsay's McCurdy chat. Um, they've they've <laughs> talked about it. Harry's, Harry's supposedly apologised for getting sent off, even if the belief is still definitely that it was 
quite harsh, but you know, knowing McCurdy, he probably got the referee on against him quite early on. You know, they was that was you know that was the sort of long and short of it. They've they've hashed it out. I think things have been forgiven. It was a bit of a damned United situation where Brian Clough said to Billy Bremner, "Oh, you're no good to me, and you're no good to the team if you're suspended." And that's the feeling with McCurdy because he is, as we've just said, the real goal scorer in this side. Yeah, he really is. And there was a discussion about Harry's descent and how it improved last season. But straight away into the season, we're back here again and possibly to a worse degree because his descent ultimately resulted in him getting sent off this weekend, despite the manner of the second yellow not being about that. But, you know, it, it, I think I think Scott Lindsay sort of talked about this in, in the post-match after the game on Saturday where it was just, we, he knows it's an issue and it, he has to look at it. Yeah, I think when you look with it, uh, his descent sort of going down at the back half of the last season, he talked about how much he was enjoying himself last week in that period of time. So maybe it's just a case of, getting McCurdy pointing in the right direction. He sort of starts to forget about those distractions and, you know, calms down a bit and starts starts playing properly. So, you know, Swindon get that. And he, he is clearly frustrated at the moment. You could see that in the game. Within about 10 minutes, he'd come over and yelled at the bench three times, alone at the referee. So, you know, it's it's very much trying to get him motivated again, getting believing in what's around him. And then hopefully that he'll, you know, start to take himself and his game a bit more seriously and he won't get into these silly troubles which are which are plaguing him a bit too much for some fans liking. Mm, yeah, well, there we go. There's the McCurdy chat, done and dusted. We move on now because he's not playing in this game. Um, who else, though, is unavailable injury-wise? Yeah, we're, um, we're work, working up the injuries at a bit of a rate of knots at the moment. We've still got um, Iandolo out. He has an ongoing injury. Reese Devine's Injury has been upgraded from knock to long term. Mm. Uh, his they've they've ha- he had a scan. Um, it must have been yesterday, I suppose, that they had that done because last last we spoke, it was a it was a knock and it was precaution. He was planned to be training, but he's a uh, he's got a hamstring problem, so he's going to be out for a little while. And then the other one is Kieran Brennan, who uh, picked up a concussion against Harrogate. We're told, but following the protocol, it was. They, he passed all the checks and he was able to play against um, Salford at the weekend. But I think he may have had it flare up a bit. And, you know, they're, they're, once again, they're following the full protocol, not wanting to risk anything, which obviously with concussion is never something you want to do. So Brendan will be out for this one and we don't know necessarily when he'll be back. Yeah, the Reece Devine one, reading between the lines, because heaven knows that's what we have to do in these press conferences. It, doesn't sound good, does it? No, going from knock a fine knock to full on hamstring injury, those are never, those are never quick fixes. They're always, you know, that's they're even something that can come and be a bit recurring. So you want, you know, we're going to have to be patient with Divine and with the Andlo out at the same time. That's not great for Swindon's left back and left wing back options either. So, you know, we're we're going to have to. That's going to be a matter of months, I would suggest. We weren't given the timeline they think, but it was out for a while, as the word said. So that's going to be probably two or three months at the minimum. Yeah, and one would expect possibly an unexpected dip into the transfer market within that position because we're we're kind of short if he's out long term. Yeah, that num that uh, number of 
players he wants in has not been mentioned since that first presser where he said one striker, but not having Alessi Andalo, who, as we've said, there was that desire to try and move him into midfield this season. And then not having Reese Devine and leaving you with just sort of Romeo Hutton who can, you know, can switch over if you want, but he's been very effective for Swindon on the right so far. So, you know, we are a little short at left back. We saw Tom Clayton go out and play there, but you know, if you want to get our wing backs bombing forwards, he's not one who's gonna do that. So if you're maybe they'll be looking at a bit of a short term option on loan, maybe a six month kind of thing. We we don't know. It it will depend on how long Divine is out, but they're obviously gonna to have to make that decision fairly quickly. Yeah, I was suitably impressed with Clayton's second half showing his debut, his first senior game, Papa John's trophy aside. Got skinned a couple of times, but once he got into the rhythm, I thought he was really well, he showed a lot of promise. Yeah, I was pleased with Clayton. I thought I thought he played well the last time I seen him when he was at Eastley, he'd looked strong that day in, in a back three and then he was shifted out a little bit more. I think obviously the way we were playing in that half, it was very much um, sort of the the left back stay back so we could hold in a little bit more and defend Salford and then Romeo Hutton could come forwards on the other side and that's where the chances were coming from. So in that situation, I think it was good for Clayton, but they definitely aren't going to be thinking him as a long-term left back option because he just doesn't offer going forwards in quite the way that Lindsay's going to want with his fullbacks, especially if we're looking, you know, back three wing backs. Mm. Okay, let's go into the more general football chat in the build up to this Carabao Cup game. So there was a question to Scott Lindsay on how he is planning to approach this game and how he's treating it in terms of lineup consistency. So sticking to the main players so they get the form, that unit that we've been wanting, or giving fringe players minutes. And it sounds like. Scott Lindsay's hand has been forced a little bit in what he needs to do for this game. And it sounds like he's going to change it up a little bit. Yeah, this is the change. Um, you know, the obvious first thought when you get to the cup competitions is, do you rotate, give your first players a, a rest? Because especially this season, this is going to be quite a relentless time. Or do you rotate, give a few more people match sharpness? And it sounded like the plan was going to be, you know, going with, trying to get the team into a rhythm, keep building on relationships, which they haven't had a great amount of time to do yet. But the the red card meant that there was a lot more running going on than on Saturday than they maybe would have expected. So a lot of them, a lot of the players have, are going to be more tired than would have been anticipated. And they're going to take, they're going to need longer ahead of Car- Carlisle to you know, get back up to full, full sharpness. So we're going to see some rotation by the sounds of things. We're not sure exactly how much because Lindsay didn't really go into that, but I would expect you know Darcy will be in from the start. Players like that, I don't know if it will be full. You know, George Calmedo, Mo Dabra, not to be too disrespectful to those guys, but I, I think there will be a good amount of rotation just to give guys more of a rest. I kind of implied it in my long-winded ramble before, but next question is or was how much of a unit is the squad currently? So I think as he implied post-match that the second half against Salford actually helped on that front. Yeah, this this one was uh, a C. Harry McCurdy um, presser from last week that things are a work in pro- progress. We had three players who started against Port Vale who were sort of still around at the moment. So those relationships are going to have to be built up. But in the in the uh, the fire of battle, as it were, that Salford turned into, where it's a real 
backs against the wall, everyone clubbed together, and and they did that really well in that game. There was real spirit shown between the players, and they were fighting for each other, and that will really help their relationships form as a group because they're, you know, they saw that if they do that, they can trust each other, so they they can move on, and that's definitely improved that. But you know, this is not last season squad yet. They they haven't had that that time to really get used to each other in that kind of way and we're still waiting to see the full form of this of this new side but uh, accelerated by what ended up happening um, at the weekend yeah team spirit absolutely unity yeah whether we were backs to the wall on on Saturday I'm, I'm not so sure I don't think Salford really threw much at us and that worked in our favour but I'm all for it because Swindon did very very well let's talk that formation then so I, I guess the way it was worded was just like we're clearly better in a in a back four so what's happening there it was pretty much what's going on there and I was kind of surprised with Lindsay's response yeah I, I do think I need to apologize for this a little bit because my um, summation on Twitter for total might have been a little bit misleading Scott Lindsay didn't say that we couldn't play back four at all it was that because of the injuries to Iandolo and Divine that at the moment we don't have the the fullbacks to play that way because Tyree Shade can play wing back but he probably couldn't play as a full-on fullback so that was probably my fault. The wording wasn't specific enough, but you know, he's it's once again that that classic horses for courses stuff that we've we've heard quite a lot so far. That um, you know, this team can. He feels very happy that this team can play in a back four and in a back three, but they can flip in between the two as and when the two formations are needed. The question was very much, you know, the best half of football you've played by a mile was with a back four in that second half against Salford, but I think. The the plan for now, because of the personnel available, will be back free, and you know, that is clearly his his plan A is to play three five two. So, you know, maybe when if another player comes in, like we said, or Iandolo comes back, that might change. But it's definitely back free for now. Mm, okay, well, let's talk about Walsall then. So, in terms of them as a club, I think they're a different side to the ones that we trounced last season two or three times uh, lots of players going out many many coming in as Michael Flynn you know, really builds his own squads we're going to have to get used to this aren't we Joe there's, there's not much depth in terms of the opposition here what we do know is that they have won their first two games so 4-0 win on the opening day against Hartlepool and, and, a, and a pretty impressive 1-0 away win against Ben Wills's Newport County. I'm, I think I've, I've said more than what was discussed in the presser. Yeah, I think the, the question obviously has to keep coming to Lindsay about the opposition because it's the pre-match stuff, but we're not getting an awful lot in return at the moment. But what we know, what we can see from Walsall is this isn't the side that we beat 11-1 on aggregate last season <laughs> across the three games, you know, Mike Flynn is a really good manager. I think everyone knows that from his time at Newport. And it was a real surprise that he ended up going to Walsall. But there's no, there's no investment there now. And they signed quite a lot of players over the summer. And, you know, they've not conceded yet. We've not scored yet. Not a great recipe going into the game. But, um, you know, he's he feels that this is a real Mike Flynn team already. The players he's been able to bring in and... Um, what he's done with them working with the team over the summer. So this is a completely different opposition than what we faced uh, three times last season. 
yeah, historically we've struggled against Flynn's teams. And, and by that, I mean, when he was manager of Newport, we struggled against them. Yeah, it, it was a surprise how we dismantled them so easily, but that might say more about the squad that was built before he arrived. It's hard really to see how this is going to play out because conversely, Walsall have started so well. Do they want to risk the players that have done so well in the first two games? They might go for their fringe for different reasons than we have. They might want to focus on the league. It's far too early for that, but they might want to rest players before another big game for them on Saturday so you know we can we can call out or point out like the players that have stood out you know they've had a player score a hat-trick already this season haven't they um, Danny Johnson but it's quite plausible that they'll rest him yeah Danny Johnson the uh the Owen Doyle of the 2022-23 season because I believe he's on loan from Mansfield but um yeah it's one of those where like I said with the way we're thinking about it Walsall will either be thinking you know, we're playing so well at the moment, we don't want any unnecessary hitches in that. Or they think we're playing so well at the moment, we need to keep the, the momentum going. And that's always a toss-up in the early round to the League Cup when you're playing you know, similar level opposition. You can't really guess going into it what each side's going to do. So, you know, because, because of the way Lindsay phrased his answer about what their team is, and because we don't really know how strong they're going to be, it is quite tough to know anything about how this game is going to go. Danny Johnson, I mean, it's one of those really annoying things and Mansell fans will be scratching their heads because he scored four goals in the league over 22 games for them last season and then, what, debut, hat-trick, one away from matching it. Silly old game, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those weird ones where sometimes it just works for you and no one can understand or bottle that magic because you'd be a lot higher in the in the tape in the pyramid if you could <laughs> well one thing's for sure and this gives you the opportunity to wax lyrical about bath city is that there was plenty of manny Mont talk yeah it was a lot of manny Mont chat because uh the mighty romans as as i like to call them um because Mont was a player who was there and he obviously played under Lindsay and mark cooper at forest green and they were he was it sounded like fairly responsible for bringing him across he was you know he talked about how he kept Ethan Pinnock who fans of Guardian will know is Barry Glendening's favourite footballer <laughs> um, uh, he kept him out of the centre-back position when they were getting up into that in the playoff final I believe when they actually won promotion out of the National League um, so he's you know he's a he's a really big unit whenever I've actually seen him play for Walsall he's looked a bit of a fish out of water but he's played for some big clubs at this level at this point with Forest Green and Tranmere now a, a Walsall who looked like they could challenge under Mike Flynn. So, you know, this this guy's a real, is, is a pretty strong League Two centre-back and came from Twerton Park. <laughs> and finally on the Walsall game, I think it was Johnny that asked this question. It was highlighted the fact that Swindon's record in the League Cup isn't that hot um, in recent years. And how important is the game? Lindsay would have seen with the FA Cup last season what can happen when we play the bigger opposition. And you always want to do that. But the answer he gave was, we want to win every game, create a winning mentality, and that sort of thing, more than anything too enlightening about his thoughts on this great trophy that is probably the most important one to win. If you were to win any major English trophy, I would suggest that would be the benchmark for rating football clubs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with the League Cup, that big game is only a round away in many ways, isn't it? Yeah, I believe the Premier League teams come in next round who aren't in Europe. So, 
you know, we could be playing sort of away at Villa Park or some, or something like that pretty quickly or St. James's Park or anywhere like that. So it is it is quite an easy way of getting that big tie and getting a bit of bit of money into the club. So it's 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 worth winning if you can. And I think more than ever, Swindon need to get that first win of the season over and done with. I think Scott Lindsay feels that a little bit. So I think they will desperately want to win this game, League Cup or not. Mm. And you're desperate for Brentford away, right? Uh, Brentford away would be absolutely fantastic because I've not been to the stadium and it's very close to my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. OK, I think it's time for your audio. Nice and quick pod today. So shall we listen? Let's have a listen. Um, again on Bryn, um, or on the topic of goalkeepers, I suppose. Uh, Lewis Ward, obviously, um, is your other goalkeeper experienced. How are you planning on divvying up the minutes between them two? Is Ward your cup keeper? Will he, we see him tomorrow? Well, well, no, there's no sort of like, um, like I've said before, there's no one and two. You know, I don't want that kind of number one and number two. I think it'll be an opportunity for Lewis Ward to play in, in the game tomorrow night. So, yeah, you know, that I will be going with Wardy. Um, but like I said, it, it's not a case of having a one and a two. It's a case of having two number ones who are fighting for the same jersey. You know, there's going to be bumps in the road, there's going to be ups and downs, and there's going to be probably opportunities for, for Wardy to come in and play. Um, like I say, and, and once they're in, try and stay in, and try and keep your jersey in. And that's what I want. I want competition for places. It's no different from a right-back to a left-back or centre-forward, central midfield player. There needs to be competition for places. You saw on Saturday, just with, you know, with the outfield players, you know, Ronan Darcy's not come on the pitch yet until Saturday, and he was absolutely outstanding. Um, and it's nothing really from what I expected from Ronan, you know. And that's what I want. I want people, uh, players in the squad, to to really push the players that are playing. And that's that's kind of the same thing with the goalkeepers. Yeah. And then you played Walsall quite a few times last season. Felt like it was every other week at one point. But um, how different do you feel that they are this season now that um, Flynn's had a full pre-season with them? Yeah, completely different. Nice no, different season, isn't it? You know, completely different. He, he got his stamp on it. Um, you know, they've recruited, um, recruited well. They'd have uh, like worked hard on the training ground. They'd have got their stamp on it, like uh, like any new manager. Or so you know, yeah, I think they'll be different again. I think they'll be hard working. I think they'll be really hard to beat. I think they'll be attacking in many ways, you know, so a real front foot team like I'd expect from a Flinny, a Flinny team, you know, so that'll be a tough game. That's all for me. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Joe. Ah, uh, the modern technology. We've got Zoom, but we're recording, so the audio's not red hot there, but I think you got the gist of it. So I think a very sound question given what has been happening over the last week or so, and you really were sort of going for that is there a number one in the league and a number one for the cup? And in fairness to Scott Lindsay, he's made this quite clear that every everyone's fighting for the same, you know, thing, regardless of the cup competition. But he did tell us that Ward starts. Yeah, I think it's an answer that everyone would have loved this time last week, wouldn't they? But um <laughs> it was it was it was definitely on your mind when you think, you know, there's been that that murmurings about Lewis Ward, not that I take any heed to that kind of stuff, but he isn't particularly pleased with himself being the number two again, having returned after a, a, a strong campaign last season. But he's he's in for tomorrow. He's got his chance to play and potentially keep his shirt. Although, based on what Bryn did on Saturday, I think it would have to be an absolutely ungodly performance of sort of Petter Brezavan against Hartlepool proportion <laughs> for him to be able to do that. 
But, you know, his, I, I suggested in, our, in one of the answers that Lindsay gave last week that maybe this goalkeeper spot was one of the ones he was thinking horses for courses for. And he, he gave that answer in that, you know, he doesn't see the goalkeeper as any different to any other position, which I feel like is almost certainly a lie because it is very clearly different. It's almost entirely built around relationship and understanding with those around you, which isn't quite so much the case with the other positions. But, you know, Ward will get his chance. If he if he wanted to show what he can do, then he's he's got that chance tomorrow. And, you know, hopefully for healthy competition and Swindon getting a win, hopefully he takes it. Yeah. Can I say on on the on the idea, the notion that Lewis Ward is unhappy that he's not starting. Well, isn't that a good thing? You know, just because he's not happy doesn't mean he's like spitting out his dummy and refusing to get involved. You know, he will quite understandably feel that he deserved that place and he is being managed by somebody who was at the club last year. So I would absolutely expect uh, my goalkeeper to be frustrated and a bit annoyed and have to start the process all over again. So, you know, it's not always a sinister sort of um, strop, so to speak, is it? It's it's, it's it's a frustration. He's got to work hard again and, and try and get that number one shirt back. Oh, absolutely. I don't think you want a player who, who's happy to be on the bench, do you? Because that either shows a lack of self-confidence or potentially lack of ability. Because you know, Lewis Ward showed last season that he is probably good enough to be starting at League Two and he's playing for a league club and he's not starting. He he will 100% believe he is as good, if not better, than Sol Brin. And I think you want in every position anyone who's not starting, you, you're getting annoyed, but in a in a productive way. So you know, if if he's not handing the trans, the supposed transfer request and, and he is annoyed, then that that's no bad thing because... He'll be pushing Solbrin every day and hopefully make both of them better. Yeah. Johnny asked how Solbrin was doing two days on. Had you heard anything on the day before the interviews that, that Sol had experienced some abuse? No, the first I heard of it was when Scott Linty had, had said that he'd had to put up with that. I imagine it was just one or two people saying something from the town end. I can't imagine it was anything too big, but, you know... Fortunately, we didn't learn that Solbrin's a real sort of shrinking violet, and, <laughs> yeah. and that sapped sapped every bit of self belief in him. He was referred to as a real strong character. Didn't really want to make anything of it, which you know, if true, you'd believe that that maybe it was Steve Mildenhall that heard it and had told Scott Lindsay about it, and you know, Bryn hadn't really thought too much of it. But there was this again, this sort of rallying cry that the fans need to embrace these younger players and give. Give them more of a chance than maybe we're seeing at the moment because, you know, these these players, we're not getting the results straight away like we hoped. But I've certainly seen a lot of a lot of talent from these players, and I think they are they are deserving of a bit of a longer rope than some of them may have been given so far. Yeah, agreed, agreed with that. Okay, well, the, the last sort of point you made were, was was again that sort of how different also are compared to last season, and I think, you know, I think. Those who are braving the journey this week, they're going to look around and sort of shut their eyes and remember how glorious it was on the final day of the regular season last year. And it will be just that the the hardcore huddled around hoping for the best and it'll be such a different vibe and it will be a different Walsall team because, you know, they weren't good against Swindon last season, but I do expect 
a little bit more of a battle this this time around. Yeah, other than the temperatures tomorrow evening, I don't think there's going to be much in common with that last day of the season with, <laughs> what's it, 3,000 town fans, a, a brilliant performance, which we sort of sliced through them at ease and did it very quickly. You know, I, I think I heard Walsall fans described as the best team they've seen or they thought we were the best team in the league and you probably would think that given the sort of yeah quite possibly ever given how how much we put them to the sword and with how often that season because of the the way the way the cups worked out but you know it's going to be a different Warsaw a different Swindon as we learned with you know so few players retained from the starting 11 from the back end of that season and you know we're seeing a, a true Mike Flynn team who are going to be hard to beat and going to be probably more attacking than Walsall were against Swindon last season. And it's going to be it's going to be different, but hopefully it will still have the same outcome. Yeah, and I'm still going to go with a win. This is my first win prediction of the season. I'm going to go with a two-one surprising and very satisfying progression into the second round. What are you giving me? I'm going to have Swindon win 5-4 on penalties. Ooh. When you said win 5-4, I was just like just about to buy my <laughs> ticket for Walsall. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was on my way, but no. The, the real quiz will be had on penalty shootouts oh, uh, against Walsall. Algie a bottle. Yeah, exactly. And when you got Ward in goal for a penalty shootout, you got to fancy your chances. Port Vale. Okay, not very much the penalty king. Who would you line up for this one, out of curiosity? Would you bring in the the fringe, the, the guys that have been on the bench? Would you go, well, Harry Parsons needs a few minutes, so we'll give him something? How, how would you start this? Um, I think you'd probably go sort of half and half. The guys who have been on the bench and shown what they can do. So I might start with, say, um, you know, Darcy and Khan as the two number eights, and then... Um, you know, Wakeling out of Loy maybe is the front two just to see how those two play together because I don't believe they have in a in a match yet, even in pre-season. So I think it's just about experimenting a bit with the team, but it will obviously all come down to those godforsaken uh, red zone numbers that they'll probably have from the from the sports scientists. Well, here is hoping that the strike force for the game really give Lindsay a headache but until then we'll talk later on in the week thank you very much thank you very much Rich The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club the intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down influenced by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore what a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.